Welcome to the Small Church Leadership Podcast, the podcast where we are helping a small church fulfill the big mission. My name is Brian. I'm a fellow small church pastor in the trenches with you. And today, a new special episode. I am joined via via Zoom with the gruesome twosome, some of the most important and influential Sasquatch hunters that I've ever met in my life, Joey and Colby. What's up, guys? My life is virtually dope, and I virtually do dope things. <laughs> and I am blessed. <laughs> oh, man. So that Sasquatch Hunters thing, I was listening to a podcast last night, and that's how they introduced the other people that were helping them. And I was like, I'm stealing that. I'm going to use that for hours. So, there you go. I knew that when I get out in the mountains, I'll scream for it a Sasquatch, see if I can find them. So. <laughs> I thought he was going to say that we were Sasquatch lookalikes. That's what I thought he was going to say. That's, uh, that's where I, I resemble that remark. <laughs> yeah, I resemble that remark. So yeah, I was listening to the Podakesis podcast, pretty interesting podcast. So guys, today we are meeting virtually. We are uh, just grateful for technology and hopefully words will start working in, in my, my language at some point. I said grateful instead of grateful. So I'm trying to work on creating my own language. So there that goes. But today we are finishing this little three-part series we've been doing about physical, spiritual, and soul health. And so you can check those out. Those of you that are regular listeners to the podcast, listen to it again. I know you'll love it. And today we are talking about spiritual health. Now, we started by talking about physical health. Then we went to soul health. And for many people, there's there's not that big of a distinction between like soul health and spiritual health. Uh, but we've broken it down this way. And so, guys, why don't you just share with me a little bit about what comes to mind when you think about spiritual health? or even what you think about the differences possibly between soul health and spiritual health. I wish we'd have done this episode a week ago when we were supposed to do it because I could have, I was in a little bit better place at that moment than I am now. Uh, I have, I literally was telling Colby before this, I probably have been five days since I've had a serious conversation with God. Okay. Now, there's a reason that that's happened. Uh, I'm getting through a sickness. Uh, it coming out the other side of that, but I still could have took time, even though I didn't feel like it to do that. And so I, I feel distant from God right now yeah. because of that. Yeah, and that's that. That was our discussion that we had. Was that uh, you know, just life has thrown so much at us over the last couple of weeks, uh, um, and just so busy with things and. Uh, it's, 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 it's a, it's a sh- I'm ashamed that the thing that took the back burner was my spiritual health. Uh, I didn't pause my physical health. Um, I, I, I didn't pause my, my, uh, my, my mental health, but I paused without even realizing that my spiritual health. And that's the one that I needed to have most of all, uh, over the other two. And so, you know, gearing up for this, this podcast, looking at over the notes over the last day, um, it's like, man, I, I, it's, it's almost an embarrassment that, uh, here I am trying to tell these pastors that are going to be listening that, uh, uh, this is what we got to do. And, and I'm sitting there going, dog, I ain't done it. I, I ain't done it in, in, in two weeks. I just had things thrown at me, curveballs after curveballs after curveballs, and I can't hit the curve. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that that's always how it seems to work in my life. And I'm hearing that with you guys as well, is that it's just so easy to 
let the spiritual life side of it get the leftovers of our lives. Mm-hmm. And especially as small church leaders, there's always something going on. And like, no matter what it is that's going on, most of the time we have our hands very much involved in the things that are going on. And so it's easy to get caught up in the motions. Uh, they talk about this in the book, Four Disciplines of Execution. They talk about people living in the whirlwind. And that's your regular life, your regular job where things are happening. And we have to be able to step out of the whirlwind. But so often I get into that place and it's like my time with Jesus goes to the back burner and like I'll eventually catch up. But it's like sleep. You never really catch up on sleep. You you just never do. And so today in this episode, we're going to share kind of why this is important, places where we've succeeded, but probably a lot more places where we haven't succeeded. (laughs) I was joking earlier with Joey before Colby got on this call is that I'm going to pull a line that Colby used to do. I'm going to pull a throwback line from way back when we first started this podcast. I'm just here to learn today, boys. I'm just here to learn. Here to learn. Take it away. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we're in trouble because I think all three of us are here to learn. So (laughs) this may be, this may be confession time for us. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. I, I, I had some time today. One of my, One of my key disciplines that always helps me to work out my mental and emotional health, but also connect with Jesus is journaling. I love to journal. Um, I don't do it as consistently as I wish, but today I was spending some time journaling and I just felt like I needed to have confession time in the journal. I got really gut level open and honest with just how I'm feeling and, and all of that. But then as I'm writing through this, I'm going, This is so healthy and I need to be doing this regularly with God. Why has it taken me this long to get to this place? And I don't know if you guys ever struggle with that. It's like when you do the spiritual connection with the Lord, when you work on your relationship with Jesus, when you you go through the, the disciplines and all of those things, they're healthy. They're healing. As John Wesley would say, they're a means of grace. That's how God pours his grace into our lives. But for some reason, I can't be consistent with that. Is that just me? Tell me that's not just me. No, it's not just you. And I think it's a tactic of the enemy because he would let he would even want us to be successful leaders, even if it meant we wasn't spiritual, because he know maybe at the end of it, then he can nail us with something like some of the people that we out there now recently that did great things for the Lord. Then at the end of their life, their their downfalls, their their spiritual health was. revealed and now it's tarnished everything that they did. Yeah. And, and he would be happy letting us go through seemingly be successful. And then because we were spiritually unhealthy, unpack that at the end and ruin everything that we've done. That's such a good word. <laughs> so convicting too. And I, I heard uh, somebody say earlier, I think it was Andy Stanley who said this, that nobody wakes up and says, you know what? I want to have a moral failure today. That it's always a, a series of tiny steps away from what matters. And mm-hmm. like I see some of those tiny steps away that my flesh will always pull me in the, that direction. And I'm just ashamed that I give my flesh so much control over me. Right. Like the Bible would tell me that that I'm dead to sin, but very much it seems like I'm alive to sin. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, like save me, like help me, like, oh, my my word here. And so it's really, really, really key. I want to ask you guys this. Why is spiritual health important in the life of a small church leader? 
For me, for me, if I if I'm not spiritual healthy, I'm not leading well. I'm not a my decisions are off, my impact on people's off. I'm not a natural born leader. I have to work hard to lead. And and if I'm not connected with Jesus, then I'm not leading well. It diminishes my capacity to lead because I lose where my strength to lead comes from. And, and so I need that connection to have the strength to lead uh, that way. And and I, I just, for me, I don't make the best decisions. Uh, I'm like um, that Seinfeld character. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of his name now to save my life. Uh, the short, stocky guy kind of fits me too. George. 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 Uh, every decision I've ever made in my life is wrong. So I'm going to start making the opposite decisions. I feel that way sometimes. That connects with me. And so I need that connection with God to make good decisions. I need that. And so I make poor decisions when I'm not connected to him. And so I need him to make those good decisions. And I have found that when I start leading from an unhealthy position place, I'm not leading people into spiritual health. I'm leading people into spiritual unhealth. I'm carrying the disease and I'm spreading the disease to other people um, and, and expecting to get a different result than what I'm going to get. So if I am going to lead people to spiritual health, I've got to be in spiritual health. Yeah. That's just how That's my and I, I find in my time um, when, I, when I'm not spiritually healthy is um, add into, in, into the, the, the pitfalls that Joey just talked about. Um, I become a constant complainer. Um, I can't see, I can't see the goodness of things around me. I can't, I can't see with God's eyes. I can't see God's people in front of me because I'm, I am so wrapped up into myself at that time. And I, I, I find that I complain about a lot more things and, and, uh, you know, some people may say I'm, I, I'm, I've never been spiritually healthy because I complain so much. Um, but it's, uh, it, it's just, it, it's a different animal as far as my complaint life, uh, goes. And, and so when I spend that time with God, when I, when I'm, when I'm doing the things that I need to do to be spiritually healthy, I, I lead better, but I'm a better example to the people around me as far as, Hey, yeah, bad, bad things happen, but you know, God's still got this. And, and, and we still need to understand that that person across from the table that has done something stupid that, uh, probably needs to be smacked is loved by God. And so we should love them too. And, and so, but, but when I'm not spiritually healthy, I, I want to go, I want to, I, I'll, I'll complain. I'll, I'll go after them. You know, I'll do what I got to do. Yeah. I'm with you. When I'm spiritually unhealthy, I lose the mercy and grace towards people that I want extended towards me. Mm. Absolutely. As you guys are dropping some bombs today on how important this is, that being spiritually connected, being spiritually healthy, and that means, man, an open heart before the Lord. That means we're following Jesus. We're living close to, to Christ, close to the cross. You're able to make better decisions as a leader. You're able to navigate the, the course that your your organization, your church is going. And you're able to have more grace with people. I find that same thing in my life, man. I start complaining. I start getting agitated. I've also noticed that when I'm not spiritually healthy, nothing satisfies me. 
So instead of seeing like this as being a, a pickup, I see this as a major issue that is just the sky is falling. This is the worst church in the world. I'm the worst pastor in the world. Well, I guess those things could be true whether I'm spiritually healthy or not. But I, I just see that there's nothing that is good enough for me when I'm not close to Jesus. And I turn into like, I turn into a Pharisee real quickly. I, I get to where I'm just, I'm judging everything. I'm being very harsh, very legalistic, and not very grace-filled. And if I can see it, guys, if we can we just be honest? If we can see it, everybody else can see it. It's, I heard uh, Dr. Sam Chan, he said, it's kind of like bad breath. You're often the last person to know that you've got it, but everybody else knows that you do. And that's kind of how it is when we're spiritually unhealthy. And so small church leader out there, and no matter what it is you've got going on, because we've all got a, a busy schedule, Make sure that you're scheduling your time to be with the Lord in there. So let's let's ask this question, guys. What do you do? How do you maintain spiritual health? There's four things that I do in my life to help with this. And number one is I have honest conversations with God. Uh, as you use journaling to do that, and I, and I do journaling some too now because the conviction you threw on me on that, uh, but it's that prayer time where I just sit down and God, this is how I'm feeling. This is what's going on. This is what, this is the emotions that are stirring in me. This is how I want to react to these emotions. Help me not be me, but be you. Uh, and change me <laughs> to you. And I just have those honest conversations, practical, Lord, this speak to me. And sometimes I got to sit in silence to, to do that. I have to calm my own self and go, okay, I'm going to be quiet so he can speak. And that's tough. Cause if I'm not speaking with my mouth, I'm, I'm trying to have a conversation in my head with him uh, instead of just listening. I'm trying to explain myself why I'm justified um, in feeling this way. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and, and I'm going to go ahead and take you off of this call because I didn't come here to get super convicted today, and that's what you're doing, bro. The, the other thing I do is I'm praying over an open Bible. I just started this habit a couple of years ago when it was introduced to me where most of my prayer life now is praying the Word of God. I'm praying back to God the, the scripture that I'm reading in my devotional time, and I'm allowing it to convict me. I'm allowing it to speak to me. I'm allowing it to reveal my shortcomings and then letting God have that opportunity through his word to correct, to guide, to to perfect me. Uh, and then worship. I got to have Thanksgiving. If not, uh, just same pitfalls that we just talked about is coming. I'm going to see all the negative because I'm not going to be thinking about what is noble and what is good and what is right. I'm going to be thinking about all the, the stuff going bad and going wrong and how it could be better and how it seems to be working for someone over there, but not me. And I'm just going to miss it because I'm not centering, but I'm not putting God in the center of everything. I'm letting other play, things come in and take his rightful place as center of my life. And praise helps me recenter him to that place. Uh, and then y'all, uh, having conversations with y'all, expressing some of these feelings with y'all. Well, you can go, hey, you being a knucklehead. Hey, I, yes, I, I'm empathizing. I understand how you feel, but this is the reality. Yeah. And, and appreciate the times that you're honest with. I don't like it. As you're doing it, makes me mad. 
Don't tell me I'm wrong, but I appreciate it on the backside of it. So, those are really good things there, man. And you know, you're talking about having honest conversations with God. Maybe that's through a journal. Maybe that's through a prayer time, like the traditional open your mouth and talk prayer, praying over over an open Bible. That has been something that's been very, very beneficial and helpful for me. And I found this, Joey. I'd love to hear your feedback on this. And Colby, I know you've done this as well, the praying over praying the Psalms. It's like my prayer life isn't the same if I'm not praying over the Bible now. It's like I'm just yeah. I'm just talking instead of having like oomph, as the Pentecostals would say, unction behind my prayer. And so that's really a, a, a big thing there. And then being in relationship with other people that can help help call you out on the carpet when you need to. Well, I find if I'm not praying over the Bible, it becomes about Lord, do this for me, do that for me. I need it's all need based and not relationship based. Yeah. There's a great book called Praying the Bible by Donald Whitney. And he has this really awesome illustration of praying through the Psalms. And he said, imagine that the Psalms, and in this case, he talks about starting with Psalms. They're probably one of the easiest places to start praying the Bible. Uh, you know, it's easy to pray, you know, the Lord is my shepherd and God shepherd me today than it is to pray, you know, about the, the beast in Revelation chapter 12 or whatever. But he talks about how the, when you pray over the Bible, it's as if the Bible is a house. And when you start personalizing those prayers, that's when you decorate that house. And so the house becomes a home at that point. So that's where uh, it just was a very vivid image that stuck in my head of like, you know, especially, you know, almost two years ago, moving into our first home together, like, hey, this is our home and we get to paint the walls and we get to make it our own that that's kind of what praying over an open Bible is, is it's me taking the word of God and me praying that God would help me personalize this as I, I live this out. I love that. Absolutely. There's a, a resource that I use for that is uh, from Strategic Renewal. Um, they're an organization. We had, uh, my denomination had uh, Daniel Henderson come out and uh, and speak at one of our pastor's conferences. And he taught us how to, pray through the Psalms and how to read that. Look for the, yes, look through the, um, uh, look for the, uh, the, the praiseworthy attributes of God through that scripture. And then it had some prayer prompts to go with it. And so, uh, when I started doing that, it, it, it did, it changed, it changed my prayer life because, you know, when you're, when you're brought up into the, into the church and you go through and whether it's through your junior church, Sunday school, up and through the youth and everything, it was always, uh, in my experience, it was always prayer requests and praises, prayer, prayer requests and praises. Give me a prayer request and praises. And the request side was packed with 20, 30 things. And the praise side maybe had one or two. And, and it's like, how can we look at God and say that this is the only thing that you've done over the last week, but this is, this is my list. And this is the stuff that I need you to. And, and I really felt kind of, kind of gross by telling God, this is my list for you. Um, and this is, this is, you, you haven't really done much for me this week when it, in reality, <laughs> we know he's done so much. And so when I started praying through the, the Psalms, it was like, it opened it up because I was, it was not prayer requests and praises. It was praise and worship. And, and so it was something that just opened up my, my whole prayer life. And it just my, opened my eyes to how we, how we treat God sometimes. Like he's, he's, he works for us. 
And, and so I, I just, uh, you know, changing that mindset. And, you know, I, as I said, I've kind of let that go back a little bit with, with things that have been going on, but I still, I go back to that and, and strategic renewal has that book, um, uh, praying through the Psalms. They actually came out with a second volume. So they got one, one volume has, uh, verse, uh, chapters one through 40. And then they got 40 through 41 through 80, I think is their second volume. Um, but they've got on their website, they've got, um, you can, you can download the ones that they have and they've got all kinds of things and they've got some coaching that goes on with the, how to, how to lead your church through praying the Psalms and, and praying the scripture, not just the Psalms, praying the scripture. And so it's something that I've used with my church people. Um, it takes a little bit because people are so used to giving God the list of chores. Um, and, and so when, when I changed that mindset, I started introducing that to the church and they kind of started seeing that, yeah, we do, we do tell God, Hey, here, you work for me. Uh, here, go get this work done and then come back and see me and I'll give you more work to do. I, I was going to say when I, when I'm not spiritual healthy and I'm not in that relationship, even though, when I know in my head, God's who God is and, and how that relationship should work. I start in practicality and, and action believing things about God that are not true. Like he's supposed to be taking care of me. Like he's concerned more about my happiness than he is my soul. Easy, um, easy now. Preaching the meddling again. That. Even though I know that's not true up here, I start living that and how I react to things. How, what I get mad about. What I get upset about. Um, so uh, that spiritual health really keeps God on that center, like I said, in the center of my life instead of letting other things move to that place. So one of the things that I'm hearing, guys, is that as we pray the word of God, it is helping us to be in the proper order. That it's thy will, not my will be done. And I think that that's something that is so key. And man, like I, I would, I would encourage everybody that's listening to this to start praying the Bible. A great place to start is to start in the Psalms, whatever song, whatever day it is. Like if today is, we're recording this, it's the 25th of May, read, pray Psalm 25. Like just spend some time in that, personalize those prayers. Or here's another thing. This has been helpful for me lately, praying the passage that I'm preaching on this week. Uh, for example, this week I'm preaching on be anxious for nothing from Philippians four. Oh yeah. That's generated some pretty, pretty interesting prayer times. And most of those prayer times are now, God, I'm really failing at this as opposed to, I need you to do this. I need you to do that. I'm not giving God my grocery list. Now I'm giving God the list of the depths of my soul. God, I am anxious. God, I'm not sure I fully trust your peace. God, my, I've been driven more by my anxiety than by my peace over your sovereignty. And so, man, I would encourage everybody to start praying through the word of God over your life, your ministry, your marriage, your family. Man, it's, it's just so robust. That's a good word for that, I think. So let me ask this, guys. What do we say to that small church leader that their life is so busy that it's hard for them to find consistency with their spiritual growth. Get up earlier. Okay. Unpack that Colby. Cause I don't like you right now talking about get up. Earlier. <laughs> well, I mean, how many, I, and I say this, I say this quite a bit cause I, I've heard it from somebody that uh, we have 24 hours in our day because that's what God said we needed. Um, 
you know, if, if we're over busy and I, and I kind of challenged my church with this, uh, this, this past week is if, if we're over busy, there's probably a reason for that. We are, uh, not saying no to the right things We're we're saying yes to everything. Um, we, we want to be the martyr. We want to, we want to be the one that is, that everybody can say, and this is a pride thing I struggle with is, is I want everybody to see what a great leader I am because I'm leading from the front. I don't ask anybody to do anything that I'm not doing myself. And when I do that, I, I, I start to see, okay, my spiritual health is going down the toilet because I am going, going, go, go, go. And so sometimes you got to say no to some things. And so look at your schedule. I think we've shared it before. Wayne Cordero's book, uh, Leading on Empty. He says that there's 5% of that, 5% of our life that we, ha- there's not, no, no way out of this. 5% of our life we have to be present for. And that's the relationship with Jesus, relationship with family, spouse, you know, the kids, um, our, our mental health, our physical health, 5%. At least 95% of our, our tasks that we do that we need to delegate to other people so that we can have that time. And, and, and somebody's out there going to say, I, I don't have anybody to delegate it to. I, I was coaching a pastor and he says, he says, Colby, I, I get to the church on Sundays at 6 a.m. because I have to, I have to do all this work. And I was like, is there, is there anybody else in the church that can do that? He's like, no. I was like, you don't have anybody in the church? Nobody. And he's like, no. And I was like, I want you, I'm going to task you now. I'm going to task you to go find somebody. And then the next month he come back and he goes, and I had four people come in and say, Hey, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. So now he's getting to the church at like eight 30 and, uh, and he has more time for himself. So we've got to look at when I say get up early. Yeah, maybe it is. Maybe it's get up 20 minutes earlier than normal so that you can spend that time. Uh, if you've got little kids, you, your kids are up at seven and then it's just chaos. So you need to get up at six so that you have some time where you're able to just spend it with God. Um, maybe it's, you get up at four 30 and, and you're like, man, I couldn't imagine getting up at four ten. Try it and see how your day goes when you've spent that first 20 minutes with God. Yeah. And then go into your normal routine starting at four 30, but you spent that time with God and, and just see how your day changes and just don't, don't say no, don't say no, I can't do that. Uh, because can't is the worst word in the world. Uh, say, I'll try, I'll try it. I'll give you, I'll give you a week. I'll give you a month. I'll try it. And if you can, if you just try it, you'll see uh, it, it works. Uh, when I spend that first few minutes of, of my day with God, and then I get into my routine, my days are just better. So get up earlier. No excuses. I recently saw a clip from a podcast where the person talking said that he gets up one hour earlier than he would regularly get up. And he did the math that by getting up one hour earlier, it adds 48 extra seven-hour workdays a year. 48 extra seven-hour workdays a year by getting up one hour earlier. Now, that is quite a lot, okay? To think about the additional time that you can have to, that's, that's a lot of time that you can That's a lot of time. But I just want, that's not really a big sacrifice. That's not asking a whole lot to get up one hour earlier. And hey, maybe you don't have to do it every day. Maybe start, maybe start doing it like college classes, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Or maybe you want to start a Tuesday, Thursday rotation, whatever it looks like. 
Just do something. This is something that I'm noticing for me. I need a challenge always in front of me. And if I don't have the challenge, I'm going to do nothing. But doing nothing, just just pay attention to this principle. Nothing always equals nothing. If you don't put any energy into it, you're not going to get anything out of it. And so just do something. Get up an hour earlier. Joey, what would you say to that pastor that's super busy that doesn't have time for it and can't prioritize it in in a way that he would feel necessary? I'm going to say I know for me that if I if I don't take time for my spiritual health, I'm going to have to take time for my spiritual death. Wait a second now. If I don't take care of my spiritual health, I'm going to have to take time for my spiritual death. Yes. Wow. Yeah, I, eventually eventually it's going to kill me. Uh and and I'm I'm not going to be any good spiritually to anybody. So I I know what's going to happen to me if I don't. My goodness. So we've said this before, either you make time for your wellness or you'll be forced to take time for your illness. And this is the same thing. I think the the sad reality that I often overlook is that I am so instant results driven that often because I don't see instant results from spending time with God, it doesn't become a priority for me. And what ends up happening is I turn into a Christian atheist. And what I mean by that is I love Jesus. I know all the Bible verses. I do all the spiritual Jesus things, but I'm putting all of the pressure on me accomplishing things. And I'm not putting pressure into what Joey's word is for the year, being dependent on God to show up. I read something years ago that was kind of, kind of convicting. It was like a drive by guilty that what if you woke up today with only the things you prayed for yesterday? And I'm like, you know what? I don't like you anymore. The random internet person that posted this, I don't like you anymore. But there's like, there is a grain of truth to that, uh, that, that I think that I need to remember and possibly these other small church leaders would benefit from that really we have to be connected to the vine. We've got to be, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing. But how often in my life, just the past few weeks, have I proven that I think I can do all of this? I don't even think I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I think I can do all things through Brian's wisdom and Brian's ability to lead and Brian reading a book and listening to a podcast. Like Jesus, he gets tacked on like, you know, number 10 or 11 on the list. And we just need to make time for this. And, and Joey, Joey may used a word earlier that I, I was going to um, not correct, but for me personally, he said he has a lot of reasons why he wasn't able to, you know, over the last week, uh, wasn't able. I don't have any good reasons. I've got a lot of excuses. Um, and, and I think that that's a big thing too, is, is we've got a lot of excuses of why we can't, we're busy. Um, and we've shared this before talking about time management. We're not as busy as we think we are. We just are really bad at time management. Um, and so we, we, we come up with these excuses to, to justify, to justify why we don't have time. Um, and it drives me nuts when I, when I think about me and, and to use this example, I know there's people in my church that are the same way. I don't want to get up earlier because it's earlier. 
it's still dark out, you know, whatever the excuse is. But if Joey says, Hey, we're going to go fishing and, uh, and, and we're going to, we're going to leave at 3 a.m., I'll be at his house at like 2.45. And, and I wouldn't bat an eye. I'd have no problem with it. Uh, but if you tell me I got to get up at, at three o'clock to, to read my Bible and to, to connect with God, it's like, Oh my goodness, really? Why so early? But we'll do the things that we really want to do, but we'll come up with excuses for the other things. And, and I think that that is, that is a huge issue, um, within the church as well is that we, we, we make too many excuses, um, not good reasons, just a bunch of excuses. Well, I don't like you now. I, I feel that's personally right. attacked, so I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm personally attacked here. But anyway, that's that's the point. Uh, now I talked about some of the stuff we talked about. Some of the stuff that we do do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't me this time. Yes, um, but there's some things I need to do or do better to improve spiritual health. I need to fast more. That's just <sighs> that discipline thing. I hate it. Um, I need to spend more, I need solitude, alone time with God. I need to do better at doing that. And I need to, he's talking about getting up an hour early, but I, I'm going to talk about the other side of that is to get proper rest so that I'm operating at my best. Um, and some of that's time management. I waste time where I don't need to waste time that I could be doing more productive with the time that I'm up so that I could get the proper rest. So I'm operating out of a place of rest instead of a place I'm tired. Yeah, that's definitely good insight. There's a balance between the grind and between taking time away from the grind to rest. There's definitely a balance there. And, you know, for me, I'm like a pendulum. I'll give you a season of my life where I'm just hustle, hustle, hustle. And then the pendulum swings back to the other side, and it's like you, I can't hit a lick at anything. And I'm trying to find how I can be more consistent. I'm trying to find what does it take for me to where I just have a built-in rhythm of go and rest. What What is it going to take? How can I order my life to where this matters to me and it's a priority? And quite frankly, I, I'm just not there yet. And I think until I can get to the place to where I am discontent with the results that my hands can produce, then I'll be forced to trust and seek God and really be dependent on God. This whole season of my life is really teaching me that I give lip service to Jesus, but I think that most of the results are going to come from how good of a leader I can be. And that is not good. That's not healthy. Like that's not Christian at all. And I I don't want to be that guy anymore. Like I don't want to be that person. Hallelujah. I heard this said one time before that the only reason we're content to live without, the only reason that we live without revival is because we're content to live without revival. And I think that that goes into like the only reason that I'm content to live this way is because I like it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with God not showing up. I'm okay with my intellect and my ability to interpret a passage and my ability to write a sermon and my ability to play music for worship and my ability to lead a team. I'm content with that. And I just, I want more, man. I want revival of God. I want a move of God. And that's not going to break out in my church if it's not breaking out in me. Mm -hmm. And 
at least that's kind of that's that's my train of thinking right now. Like I know God can do whatever He wants to do, and you know it's there. There's an evil priest. You know, Eli is the evil priest while Samuel is still being raised up in that atmosphere. I get it and I understand that, but like I don't want to miss a move of God because I'm comfortable with the move of Brian. You know what I'm saying? And I read this, and it was a quote from Matt Chandler that Jesus isn't my priority. Jesus is the paper whom all of my other priorities are written on. And like, I I still am unpacking that, that Jesus isn't just a thing to put at the top of my list, but Jesus is like everything that infuses my list. My list isn't going to work if I don't have Jesus to be what my list is written on. And Oh, God help me. God help us all. Hallelujah. Well, you guys have uh, given some great insight today. So here's what I've heard today. There are certain spiritual disciplines that can be added into the rhythm of our lives that will help us grow closer to Jesus. And what we've got to realize is that we all have a tendency to kind of get complacent and we should be intentional about making the proper sacrifices. Say no to the right things so you can say yes to the right things or say no to the wrong things so you can say yes to the right things. And uh, so, man, this has been really, really good stuff. I appreciate you guys sharing this. Is there anything else you'd like to share before we go on from here? Uh, yeah, so our listeners may have been listening to us talk about what happens to us when we're not spiritually healthy and how it affects us. And they have ways that this thing is affecting them that we haven't thought of. But if they would go on our Facebook page and mention how spiritual unhealth affects them, we might realize, you know, it's affecting me the same way. I didn't realize that's something else that happens to me. Uh, and so if they will go and list, maybe this is what happens to me when I'm spiritually unhealthy. And then follow that up. Uh, this is something I do uh, to maintain, to keep my spiritual health, my spiritual connection. They list how they connect with God. It may help us find another tool to use to connect with God. And so if they will go to our Facebook page, search in, in the small, uh, small church leadership in the search bar, they'll be able to find us. Leave those comments on our Facebook page for us. How does spiritual unhealth affect you? And then how do you maintain that connection and connect with us on Facebook? I would really appreciate it. Absolutely. We're always interested in hearing what the small church leadership nation has to offer to us for sure. Colby, do you have anything to share? Yeah, we we are. I'm just going to come out and say we're begging you to give us a rating. Uh, Give us a review. The, the, The more ratings and more reviews we have, the more this this information will get out to others. And and you guys know, uh, our listeners know, there are thousands of small church leaders that are struggling. And and you may have gotten one small nugget out of what we spoke today. Maybe you got uh, a small nugget out of the last episode and the episode before that. Share that. Share that with people and, and let them know that they're not they're not in this by themselves. Uh, we're all in the trenches. As Brian opens every episode, we're in the trenches with you. And so give us a rate, a rating and a review, uh, so that our, this, this podcast can get seen by more people, heard by more people and, uh, and jump up the list of the most influential podcasts in the history of podcasts. That's right. And Jesus will love you more if you do that. Just so you know. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> uh, we're teasing about that. We do really want to help small church pastors, small church leaders. I want to share a final thing from me. Um, yesterday, I was listening to one of the big church guys tell us how to do it, and I was feeling convicted because I wasn't doing it that way. And I'm, like, trying to change my whole ministry to do it that way. And then I did some math. I uh, I looked at how many Christians there are in the world, 
and the size of this guy's church, and I saw what percentage it was, it was 0.0016% of the church. That's how, now it's a big church. We're the bigger ones in, in the country, but in terms of how many Christians there are in the world, this guy is part of 0.001% of that. And why do I bring that up? We often judge what's happening with us by what's happening with people that we deem more successful than we are. And we do the same thing with our spiritual life as well. You have somebody that you think is more spiritual than you are, just like I have somebody that I think is more spiritual than me. It happens to be these two guys that are on the podcast with me today. But I want to remind and encourage all of us that we all are as close to Jesus as Jesus is to us. Like he, he loves you. He wants to be in a relationship with you. He wants you. He's not trying to beat you up because you haven't spent time with him. He's trying to connect with you and infuse his life into you. So small church leadership nation, we love you. We appreciate the heck out of you. Hey, listen, the next series that we're going to be starting with our next episode is a little series on church security. Security is really important in our churches and um, if you're listening here and you're Southern Baptist, we mean more than just eternal security. We mean the security that happens during our services as well. And so this is something that's really a big passion in Joey's life, and he has helped us with this in several ways. So you definitely want to make sure that you're tuned in for that. Hey, maybe you know somebody that is would be interested in this or would benefit from that as well. Hey, let them know that this series is coming out as we're going to be talking about that on the next Small Church Leadership Podcast episode. So until then... Thank you for listening to the Small Church Leadership Podcast. We are the podcast that are hopefully and helpfully, potentially helping the small church fulfill the big mission. Until the next time, I'm Brian. I'm Joey. And I'm Colby. And we shall see you on the flippity flop. Love you now. Bye.